Hello and welcome to Presenting, a podcast where we chat about various topics related to role-playing games, typically Paizo products such as Pathfinder and Starfinder, but also others. I'm John Godick, and with me today is Simone Dean Salee. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, it's awesome. Awesome having you here. So Simone is a technical editor for Paizo and has done editing at Wizards of the Coast and her own company, Wildwood Editing. In addition, Simone has contributed to several Pathfinder and Starfinder hardcovers, including Gods and Magic, Vester A3, Secrets of Magic, The Grand Bazaar, Alien Archives 3 and 4, Galaxy Exploration Manual, and the forthcoming City of Lost Omens Travel Guide. So both Starfinder and Pathfinder, but pretty heavy on the uh, Pathfinder side, it looks like. Yeah, more, uh, more of the Pathfinder lately than Starfinder, but I do enjoy writing for them both. Excellent, excellent. So, Simone, can you talk a little bit about your journey to becoming a technical writer here at Paizo, kind of what you had to go through to, to get there? Yeah, so um, technical editor is kind of our internal self-assigned title. I am a contractor. Mm-hmm. I'm not Paizo staff. Right. Um, and so um, editing is more than just proofreading and finding typos. Mm-hmm. There's a, a number of different types of editing and levels mm-hmm. and um, editing for RPGs really is a blend of a lot of styles. It has the technical side for mechanics and the narrative side for lore and setting. Um, So technical editor is the easiest way to say all of those things, but doesn't really uh, capture the full picture. Um, So I started editing, um, I mean, my whole life I've been finding typos and things and Mm -hmm. um, thought that was all the editing was um, way back when, but um, started my company Wildwood Editing in 2016. Mm-hmm. Um, I was working at a gym and editing newsletters for my boss. <laughs> um, and then uh, it's been a side hustle for a long time. Um, and I just uh, officially made it an LLC this past year. So I've been full time just for a year now. Um, about a year into Wildwood, I saw that Paizo was hiring and um, reached out to Judy, who is the managing editor at the mm-hmm. time, to ask about um, freelancing. Because I don't live in Seattle, but I was curious right. if they ever outsourced anything. Um, so to shorten that journey, um, she sent me an editing test. Um, mm-hmm. It was the most fun 48 hours I had had in a long time. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I made over 500 uh, changes and, and edits to the wow. document that they sent over. How long and, is that document? Um, you know, I don't remember. Probably at least 15 pages. Um, wow. But maybe maybe fewer. But yeah. um, they did share their in-house style guide right, at right, the time, right, right. which is about 80 pages long. So I read yeah. through that before I started. Wow. Um, anyway, uh, they offered me a job when I sent that test back in. Um, and again, I wasn't able to relocate. So I got on the freelance roster from mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Um in 2018, when they were working on the second edition playtest, uh, I got to go work in-house for three weeks. Hmm. Um, so I got my guest pass and got an Airbnb in Seattle. Um, Avi, now one of the senior editors, was there yeah. too at the time. Um, and so we got to work with the staff, um, which really made um, you know a lot more connections. And mm-hmm. I learned probably more about editing in those three weeks than I had in the previous two or three years. Um, really, really stellar team. Um, and a lot of uh, just a lot of great work and content, of course, and really highlighted that this is what I wanted to do as a career. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, that's that kicked off editing, and then the writing kind of followed from there. Well, you know, so you said you started editing newsletters and things. You later got a certificate in editing as well, a certification. 
Um, I have done a lot of continuing ed, but I'm yeah. I consider myself self-taught. I right, didn't go right. to school to be an editor. I didn't yeah. have like a publishing major or anything. So yeah, I've done a couple of like continuing education programs and self-paced classes, but um, mm-hmm. a lot of it was learning on the job. Wow. I, I'm curious. I do a lot of the same thing in terms of editing. I'm a teacher, so I yeah. do a lot of grading and editing. And when I talked to Liz Liddell about this, I was really yeah. kind of, um, she she had a more uh, traditional I think journey mm-hmm. than you did. Mm-hmm. How do you self teach yourself to meet the standards required to be a professional? That I think a lot of people would be interested in that, and I am in particular. Yeah, for sure. Um, a lot of it starts with just an affinity for reading and noticing mm-hmm. things, and kind of picking up enough of the awareness. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, you don't know what you don't know. So when I got to Paizo, I learned a whole lot of probably basic things that I hadn't right. really picked up on before, um, like the alt code for an M-dash. Um, yeah. And um, other than that, um, right after that, I joined a professional organization. And mm-hmm. so I have access to a lot of their webinars. Um, I have the five pound Chicago manual of style yes. sitting next to me. Um, and so really just taking in as much information as possible, networking with other editors um, and practicing a lot on, mm-hmm. on different content. So it's been really great uh, as a freelancer, you usually work solo. So right. um, the ability to work with the Paizo team has been really great in terms of mentorship and community and um, you know seeing how other editors function and what they right. catch and, and what they fix. So it's been really great. Now, had you been a, a, a Pathfinder player before this? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, right. I had broad but shallow experience in RPGs. Mm-hmm. I'd kind of played in a bunch of systems, um, but never, you know, full campaigns or anything. Right. Um, and when I moved to Portland, um, my now spouse was in a Pathfinder group and mm-hmm. uh, they were playing um, Rise of the Rune Lords, right, and wow. they were almost at the end. So I joined my very first Pathfinder game, uh, taking over the NPC Shalalu, the Elf mm-hmm. Ranger, at level yeah. fourteen, which wow. was a nightmare. Wow! <laughs> yeah. Wow! Yeah. And somehow that did not scare me away from Pathfinder. Yeah. So here we All are. Right. Yeah. yeah, I was gonna say because even with the the editorial guide, if you're not familiar with the system, that's gonna be hard to edit. I would imagine. Yeah, yeah. Luckily, um, the developers do a really phenomenal job yeah. with the rules text and the mechanics right, and all of right. the, the meat of the game. Um, so I get to be really familiar with how exactly we format stat blocks, right. um, but I don't necessarily need to go in and check all the math. So it's right. helpful. Um, I get to specialize in the things that I'm naturally good at and let the developers do everything that they are rock stars at. Right. Now, as you were editing, then... Uh, opportunities for freelancing came about basically or yeah yeah so um, I've been you know I had a different corporate job for the past couple of years um, and was just kind of editing on the side as things were available um, and then last year um, Leo asked me to be a full-time contractor mm-hmm. um, so of course contracts you never really know how long those are going to last right. but that kind of kicked my transition into full-time um, and people that I've met through Paizo have referred me to other, um, you know, third-party publishers and, mm-hmm. and other opportunities. Um, and then also the professional orgs that I'm part of um, also will sometimes refer people or post job postings. Um, I also just email people who I want to work with, and sometimes right. that pays off. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm kind of still surprised, honestly. Again, it's only been a year full-time, but I'm surprised that my plate is so full um, after... Mm-hmm. You know, picking up one or two clients over the past couple of years. Right. Now, 
What do you like better? Do you like freelance writing or, or editing better? Um, I consider myself 100% an editor who writes okay. for fun. Okay. Um, editing is my career focus. And then the writing that I've gotten to do for Paizo um, was kind of something I hadn't considered before. I just was solely focused on editing. Right. And it was so much fun to return to creative writing. I hadn't done that in a long time. Um, so I really enjoy all those opportunities and I'd like to do more, but I definitely um, focus on editing. My editing plate is full. I'm right. a very slow writer. I'm neurodivergent and can't really keep to a, a set right. writing schedule. So I like to take my time and often, you know, if my plate is full and there's a short turnaround, writing's not a great fit. Mm -hmm. So I'm hoping to do more in the future, but definitely primarily an editor. Right. I mean, that's what you say you're doing for work. Does that mean the work isn't fun? And so since the writing is the fun part, that's like what you would do for fun or um, is it? They're both fun. <laughs> they're both fun and both okay. work. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I read a lot for fun, although less now that I'm editing full time and right. reading all day for work. Um, and, you know, I'm right. trying to develop right. some non-screen, non-word hobbies <laughs> since that right. is the bulk of what I do. Um, but yeah, I would say the writing writing's still challenging. I mean, coming up with ideas when you're staring at a blank page is really mm -hmm. difficult. So uh, it is a fun pursuit, but when I'm spending all day on words, sometimes I don't want to spend my nights and weekends on words. So, oh, yeah, oh I, I hear you. I hear you. Yeah. I mean, I... I have not done a lot of reading for fun because I do much so much reading for work, exactly. grading papers and prepping and and as a as a professor. So yeah, um, I bet. Now, how does being an editor help you with your freelance writing, or does it? A ton, yeah. yeah. Um, I spend a lot of time, obviously, professionally learning about storytelling and language um, and how to do those well. I also get to see from my clients and the other freelancers that I work mm -hmm. with, you know, what I want to emulate and what can be improved upon. Um, you can never edit your own work. So anytime, right. you know, even if I were writing for somebody other than Paizo, I would hire someone to edit that. Um, but I'm pretty confident that my turnovers have minimal typos. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Um, and you know, minimal formatting issues and stuff. Just I because know. I have I have experience with that. Yeah. But um, no, it's it's always a treat to see what the developers do and what the editors yeah. do um, with my turnovers because it is it's two separate things. Well, I imagine that the developers have to be so happy that you get all the formatting right. I mean, <laughs> you, you know, it's funny. I um, I I work a lot with Ron Lundin, and and I've done some stuff for him, and I've talked to him about uh, some of the turnovers he gets. He tells me the first thing he does is strips out all the formatting because the freelance, well, maybe I shouldn't say this, because the freelancers don't do such a great job doing it. He, it's he, really complicated yes, to learn, I will yes. say. Um, the developers, I think, again, I've only been writing with them for the past couple of years, but yeah. um, I really appreciate like they form the Discord groups and usually send a template. And so right. honestly, what I do is I just like overwrite the template so right. that I don't that's, have to worry about the new yep, styles. That's what I do too. Um, yeah, but I can see how... like the first one I got even, which is right. after I'd done editing for them, I was still pretty overwhelmed. So mm -hmm. it's complicated. Um, there's always going to be stuff to fix in my or anyone else's turnovers, but um, I do, you know, I have an insider's knowledge to the the style right. guide and stuff like that. So mm -hmm. I have a couple extra things that maybe save some, some work down the line. <laughs> and you know, all the shortcuts, that's going to be really, that's going to help. So, you know, so if you're, if you're editing, say, say you have a, you mentioned you had a short, assignment one of the these things that um we didn't actually mention is is a credit it was just 500 words 
Mm-hmm. How long does it take you to edit 500 words versus write 500 words? <laughs> it probably took me a long time to write 500 words. Um, like I said, it's that's not a lot at all in terms of writing. Right. But right, um, right. I really need to brainstorm and outline and mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. handwrite a lot of my notes is helpful for me. So I take forever to write things, even right. though actually typing it out once I have all the thoughts in line isn't going to take that long. Um, Editing 500 words depends a lot on the content and the author. So if it's a newer author, there might be more to clean up or Mm -hmm. tweak or rephrase. Um, If it's, you know, a stat block that can be fast unless all the formatting is wrong. Um, If it's Mm -hmm. prose and it's a seasoned author, I'll read through it and probably have minimal changes. So it's, it, it really depends um, on the subject matter. Now you mentioned uh, making uh, changes to wording and you know reading the prose and, and potentially mm-hmm. making changes. So where do you come in between? Like, so you have the, the the freelance author, then you have the the developers edit, which is going to be do a lot of rewording and whatnot. Mm-hmm. What at what level do you do changes in prose and wording? Yeah, so it's after the developing stage. Um, obviously, mm-hmm. the authors have gotten their milestone feedback, their final final feedback with the developers. Mm-hmm. Um, a staff editor could tell you more about the exact timing on all of these. Right. Um, right. But um, yeah, so once it once it clears the developers, um, contractors typically do a lot of the pre layout passes. So it's still okay. in the formatted Word document. Right. Um, it's kind of the first pass to clean everything up. Um, maybe flag anything or, or follow up with the developers on any questions. Um, and if we have time, there's usually a staff editor who will then you know input mm-hmm. the changes and go over that. So my stage is pretty early. Um, occasionally, I'm lucky enough to get to look over a laid out PDF. Um, and I really love doing post layout editing. There's right. a lot of other things to look for. You get to mm-hmm. see all the artwork. Um, right. So there are um, a number of editing passes that will happen across the team. Um, as soon as the developers are done, it goes to layout after our first passes and then comes back to us. So we get to, we get to see it a lot. Right. I, I guess I, what I was wondering is when, when do you decide or what triggers you? I shouldn't say trigger. What, what would be the impetus for changing wording on something that a freelancer delivered in that wouldn't be a developer change, I guess. Yeah, um, some of it is just different people will catch different things at different times. I think the developers and editors are pretty much on the same page with things that we look for. Um, Obviously, there are certain ways that we phrase things for clarity, especially with rules text um, that Paizo is very intentional about doing. Um, Mm -hmm. Developers are usually on top of that, but sometimes there's there's ways that editors might make it clearer um, Mm -hmm. or, you know, we haven't been staring at the text for as long as them. So fresh eyes will see new things. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, so... With things like that, um, developers catch most of it. We, I feel like um, the editorial team is really aware of conscious language choices and right. ways to have inclusive phrasing and things that we're okay. avoiding or things okay. that we're prioritizing. So that's part of our job. Okay. Um, but also just, again, all writers have patterns that we fall into without noticing. Right. Um, you know, you start a sentence the same way a couple times in a row, or you end two sentences in a row with the same word. And so it's um, things like that too, the editors will come up. The developers probably see it. A lot of them, they're all talented writers themselves. Right. A lot of our developers came from the editorial team. Right. I was going to um, mention that as well. Yeah. 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 So um, obviously they send us great, great turnovers, but that's also not their job. 
Um, right. So they're kind of taking the the big picture developmental path that you would see like on a, right. a book manuscript or something that would be right. the dev path. And so they, I'm sure they see different typos and things, but it's not worth their time to fix them. That's why they have us. Right. So, okay. All right. Yeah. yeah I wasn't, I, I guess I wasn't thinking typos. I, I guess I was thinking, you know, making something more active voice or, mm-hmm. you know, consistency for tense or what, you know, you know yeah, basic absolutely. things like that, that, that is that where the word choice word yeah, changes definitely. would come in in prose and, Yeah. Yeah. We do all of the the line editing or stylistic editing, um, copy editing, all of that. So that's um, probably, you know, gets changed in developing passes too, if they're, if they're updating a section, but they can leave most of that for us, I think. And again, as a contractor, I'm like on the fringes, I'm in between Mm -hmm. a freelancer and stuff. So I don't see like the full back and forth of the departments. Um, I just, I'm lucky enough to get emails of things to read and send back. So Yeah, you mentioned earlier how a lot of the uh, developers are former editors. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm actually kind of curious. You know, I, I I've interviewed Jake Tondro a couple times. Yeah, he's now yeah. moved on to Wizards of the Coast, and mm-hmm. you know, he made a move from the the editorial staff over to mm-hmm. to be a, a developer. Yeah, Jake's case too did the same thing. Yeah. Oh yeah, I mean several several folks, and mm-hmm. and I guess my question is, what is it about being an editor that kind of sets you up for that, and is that something you might have designs on? Um, not currently, but I see why a lot of people do yeah. make the transfer. Um, I love copy editing. I love yeah. the line by line fixes. Yeah. Um, I, dev editing is something I've really just started to get into in the past year um, outside of my Paizo work. So mm-hmm. um, I definitely see the appeal and you do get to enter the process earlier, which can be fun. I mean, they're mm-hmm. the ones planning the whole content and right. setting up the outline. Um, one thing I would really love is working closely with freelancers. Um, we mm-hmm. just don't have enough staff or time in this schedule to do a lot of back and forth and coaching. Um, and I know as a writer, I would love the opportunity to get more feedback. And I'm sure that's true um, for other freelancers also. So the the dev role is appealing for that in that you get to work with so many different writers directly um, and you get to really guide the shape of Paizo's content. Um, mm-hmm. So you, you definitely bring a lot of editing skills into story shaping and content development. Um, but I have always really loved the you know, get out the magnifying glass right. detail editing. Right. So that's been my focus for most of my career. Excellent. So what advice do you have for people interested in getting into editing? Is that like, like you came in without any formal training in that, just kind of yeah. a love for doing that. Uh, how can other people kind of follow the same path? What, what advice do you have? Yeah, for editing specifically, um, I mean, I think everybody's least favorite answer to this is networking. <laughs> yes, um, yes. And and I hate to say it. It's common. But, um, it's not, I don't know if it's, you know. But, yeah. <laughs> well, it depends. I'm an introvert. Yeah. So hearing yeah. somebody say networking is very intimidating. Um, specifically, though, getting involved in uh, professional organizations. Right. So one that mm-hmm. I'm in is ACES. It's the American Copy Editor Society. There's the Northwest Editors Guild. There's the Editorial Freelance Association. There's Editors Canada. There's a, a lot of them, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. None of them are exclusively gaming focused, mm-hmm. but a lot of them are freelance focused and right. they have rate guidelines and they have webinars and they have job boards and they have you know, biweekly chats with other professionals in the industry. So that is just a really great way to immerse yourself in the work. Um, pick up continuing education, start making friends. I have made so many editor friends, both in gaming and outside of gaming, um, through Instagram and Twitter and, you know, the 
the chats that these companies are hosting. So um, that would be where I would start aside from practicing and, you know, searching for job opportunities and stuff. Um, I also think that it's really great to have a home base, whether that's an official website or a Mm -hmm. social media account that focuses on this um, or a link tree or something, because as an editor, you can't really build a portfolio. Um, You can list your credits, but when our work is at its best, it's invisible. So Mm -hmm. it's hard to point, you know, usually you're not going to authors and saying, hey, can I share your first draft with my red lines <laughs> to this potential employer? Because yeah. um, yeah. people want their polished work out in mm-hmm. the world. So um, it's nice to, you know, you can offer a sample edit to people to get started. I mm-hmm. took the editing test for Paizo, which is common for publishers, right. um, but it is also typically unpaid time, um, pretty right. intensive time. So it's nice to have... Um, just a place that you can point people to where you can list I've worked with these people or, you know, I'm here's a, a two page sample edit of something or, you know, to have the um, just something to point back to when people ask mm-hmm. you about your work, if you're just starting. What about if somebody wanted to start off as a freelancer? I mean, you obviously had a kind of a assistance there having been yeah. worked as the editor in the company, but what advice do you have for people who want to get started there? For freelancing um, oh. still, uh, with with editing and writing, honestly, still the same network focus. Um, that's where I've found things is just from mm-hmm. making friends in the industry. Um, it's so important, I think, um, not to get into a scarcity mindset when you start freelancing. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really easy to see other freelancers as your competition and to get you know kind of anxious about the job availability, especially because everybody wants to be in gaming. Um, <laughs> and it's It can feel, especially since freelancing for any industry is usually feast or famine, um, so it can feel really stressful to find those jobs. Um, And I just think it's really important that you're approaching your fellow editors or your fellow writers as collaboration, as community, as opposed to your competition, um, because I have made a lot of really great friends among the Paizo freelancers, and we share job opportunities, and we share feedback on each other's work, um, and that's how you get better, and that's, you know, things come naturally that way. Mm -hmm. Cool. So what's next for Simone? What kind of cool things are you working on that you can actually talk about? (laughs) Right, I I know. I have to be careful. Um, Well, on a personal business level, I am, um, I hired somebody to redesign my website because it is six years old. So I'm very excited to have a fresh updated um, Mm -hmm. digital home base for that. Um, And I write monthly newsletters. So I'm going to be featuring some um, really awesome creators in the next couple months. I'm excited to share their stories and their advice. Um, Also, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Queer Finder. That was just Mm -hmm. released for Pathfinder Infinite. Um, Isabel Thorne and I are editing the second issue currently. Very cool. Um, So I'm very excited for that to be out in the world. We have a lot of fun new authors. Um, as always, there is um, great Magic the Gathering web fiction. There are great things coming from Paizo. Um, Dark Archive is one. The Lost Omens Travel Guide is going to be mm-hmm. great. Um, so I'm very excited for those to be in the world. And then um, I also work with indie authors. So I have um, one who's doing a, a graphic novel, hmm. um, epic poem kind of blend. Um, wow. Rabbit, the Rabbit Hero book one is already out, and we are currently working on book two. So that one's... Um, really near and dear to my heart as well. So you have to edit an epic poem in a graphic novel? 
Yeah. So wow. um, this, this author is incredibly creative. Um, yeah. he, he has been selling art at Renaissance festivals for a long time mm-hmm. and his mm-hmm. art has kind of turned into, um, a book into a story. And so, right. um, he is the writer, he's the illustrator, he self-published the first book. Um, and I've edited now the third printing and we're working on book two. So it's part prose, it's part poem, it's part graphic novel. Um, it's a really fun, really fun piece. So I'm excited. Neat. I think that'll come out maybe this fall, but it's excellent. Good. Yeah. Well, Simone, thanks so much for being on the podcast today. I hope yeah, thank you. Maybe I'll see you at PaisaCon sometime when it's safe enough to do all that. I hope so. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, thanks again.